1450 Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning and welcome back in right now, 811, as we uh, welcome you into the action line. And we have a packed show for you today, so uh, get ready. And uh, if you have any questions, if you'd like to join the show, of course, we are taking calls at 615-893-1450. And if you'd like to text us, you can do the same as well. We'll have that ready to go. So uh, we have a number of guests in this morning. If you have a question for them, feel free to join the show. That number again, 615-893-1450. Our first guest this morning is from Feeding America First. It is Tom Henry. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Nick. I'm happy to be here today. All righty. Well, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, since we do have a little bit of time, we mentioned we got the uh, first half of the hour here. Thought we could start off. If you could intro yourself and kind of tell us about Feeding America First, how you started with Feeding America First, and uh, what your role and uh, what they do is. Well, I'm a I'm a business guy, and and uh, uh, back in 2000, I felt like I was being tugged in a different direction to leave my corporate business job, and and I felt like I needed to do something more significant than than just business. And uh, in my explorations, I I started looking at hunger, being in the food business anyway, and and what I found was that. Uh, in America, we were doing a great job of feeding people in need in the cities, but we were not doing a good job in rural areas. And uh, so I chartered to Feed America First with my partner, Don Herbert, who's since passed away, but uh, here in Murfreesboro, in fact, in 2000, and we've started, we started feeding people then. Uh, our focus is rural and small-town America. Uh, that's about 55% of, the, uh, 55% of the poverty is in metro areas, but... Uh, but the other 45% is a little harder to get to, and we felt like that's how we could best help feed people. So uh, so we've, we've grown explosively for, for 20 years, and, and this past year has been kind of the uh, the fireworks at, uh, uh, at the end of it. We've, we've had so many opportunities because of COVID. The, uh, our whole principle in this, this, was a, this is a faith-based organization, and our understanding of how to address hunger is based on community relations it's neighbors helping neighbors that we don't need a top-down solution we need people to understand that a little action on their part can take care of somebody and and we have a small staff and we use a huge number of volunteers because we feel like that's one of the well it's cost efficient and and it's a great way to engage the community in the fact that i can I, as a volunteer, can come to the Feed America First warehouse and, and work for a couple hours portioning or packaging, and I'm going to make a difference in somebody's life this week, that the food that I'm handling in my volunteer stint on Wednesday night at Feed America First is going to be on somebody's table this week, and and that I have the opportunity to make a difference in somebody's lives. So uh, that's the that's the shining principle above the whole thing. Let's get everybody involved because we feel like the solution is within our hands to feed our neighbors. That's Tom Henry from Feed America First joining us. And uh, uh, Tom, first question I have for you is, and this is kind of a shot in the dark, but I'm curious: Did you grow up uh, in more of a populated area? Did you grow up maybe out more where it was more rural? Or is that kind of how you were 
um, able to identify uh, the lack of help for, for folks who may be outside of the city in, in ways that you're helping them now? Well, it was more of a business plan approach as opposed to my background. I grew up in the in the Houston area, and uh, in my restaurant, I was in the restaurant business for thirty years, and mm-hmm. and uh, I was working in cities, eleven different cities during that time. So, so I was much more conversant with what happens in the metropolitan areas. But when I started taking a deep dive into into hunger, what I found was there's plenty of food available that uh, everybody over manufactures mm-hmm. the way we handle. The way we handle food in the United States is the just-in-time inventory system, meaning the food is not sitting on somebody's shelf waiting for somebody to order it. It's, it's, it's if Kroger or Walmart or Publix, when they're ready to be restocked, they want it the next day. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that manufactured distributors will make more than they anticipate those companies ordering then they have some, they have to do something with what's it's called salvage. It's something that uh, the, it, it's over inventory or something approaching shelf life. Uh, they need to do something with it. They can do something positive in the community with it by donating it to to uh, food banks like us and Second Harvest. Um, so our business approach is that uh, we know that you as a business are going to have things that you can't sell. We'll take those from you do the right things with them you get the uh you get the social benefit for having helped in the community and we get the chance to help more neighbors i know anybody that's worked in a restaurant uh you know they can probably think of the food they get to bring home the extras at the end of the night and then at some cases uh you know maybe for big events and that a lot of food gets thrown away i know a lot of that stuff you guys can't you know repackage and and give in that but anybody that's worked in a restaurant can probably recall uh you know doing dishes and dumping out you know three or four pounds of food and uh, the stuff that goes bad that they can't sell after so long. And, uh, you know, that was always always kind of eye-opening for me when I worked in restaurants. So um, was that part of part of your thought process as well, seeing all this wasted food and thinking maybe there's more we could do with some of it, maybe not Absolutely. all of it, but we Absolutely. could having, keep some of having, it? Absolutely. Uh, having had a career in the restaurant business, I dealt a lot with, with waste and, and uh, over-portioning and, and over-serving and, and uh, over-inventorying. Uh, we dealt with, with all those things. The mistakes end up in the landfill. Uh, I read a book called American Wasteland uh, a few years ago, and and the understanding that this guy made in a two-year study of food waste in the United States was that 40% of the food produced, produced, not just grown, but produced in the United States ends up in the landfill. Mm-hmm. And some of that is over-manufactured. Some of that is, is uh, food that that uh, didn't meet the specs and had to be quality controlled out. Some of it is the waste that, that you talked about that's going that's uh, scraped off of plates or por- over-portioned and, and goes home in the doggy bag. But we feed people all over the world, and yet we still have enough – we still waste 40% of the food. Hmm. So, so our whole purpose is let's take wholesome food and direct it away from the landfill to people that can actually use it. So that's the, that's the first part of Feed America First. Let's, let's take care of our neighbors. Let's feed Americans or feed our neighbors first before we consider throwing that wholesome food away. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the warehouse work, and you mentioned a little bit can go a long ways. Um, and many times we have people here that'll that'll come on and talk about volunteer opportunities. And the one thing I always want to hit home on is, I think most people think, well, maybe you know my couple hours a week won't help, or well, you know I'm busy. That's for somebody else. I'd love to help, but I just don't know if it would really make a difference. You're saying it does. Little bits Absolutely. by a lot of people goes a long ways. Talk about that, um, and you know how how much do you see people in in a given week? Do people come volunteer maybe for a couple hours one day, or do you see uh, different different patterns and times for uh, different people? Well, volunteers are an important part of what we do, um, and so we have a lot of opportunities for volunteers. For instance, uh, every Wednesday and Friday mornings 
Uh, we open the warehouse about 6.30, and from 6.30 till noon or 1 o'clock, we'll take all comers. We'll take anybody who wants to come in and volunteer. We'll have things for them to do. Every Wednesday night, we have a standing volunteer effort at 6.30 for a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's kind of what hours you want to work, and typically we can accommodate most people. We, once a quarter, do what we call a serve and learn, where – we open the warehouse up to anybody that wants to come volunteer one Saturday morning, and uh, we'll have plenty of work for them to do for a two- to three-hour stint. That's a good volunteer. You know, Two hours is a good volunteer effort in, in what we see. People get uh, – they're, they're ready to move on to the next thing after a couple hours. Um, but during that time, we have a chance to introduce ourselves, talk about the impact of what they're of what they're doing. That that uh, the, the food that they're handling today is going to be on somebody's table. It's not uh, it's not going to be on a shelf for the next six months. It's going to be on somebody's table. So we have a lot of opportunities. We have uh, a number of groups that come to us regularly. We have some businesses that send teams regularly. We we uh, and we're open to all that, and and we're open to a lot more than we're doing. Where there's nowhere near where we're nowhere near capacity and how many volunteers we can use. Uh, it's all always going to be meaningful stuff. It's always going to be stuff that's going to directly impact families in in the greater community. Talk a little bit about the uh, holidays and and what you know added challenges you guys have for maybe Thanksgiving and Christmas. I know uh, many families. Uh, you guys are responsible for getting them some food on. Um, maybe the most important eating day of the year, Thanksgiving and Christmas, for families especially to, to be together. But uh, talk about what you guys did this past uh, November and December and, and helping folks in that way. Well, one of the things that we found is that uh, in in November, December, people's thoughts turn to others, turn, turn to hunger issues and, and other families that don't have what they have. Uh, hunger is a year-round problem. We address it every day, every week, every month, all year long. But we have a more receptive audience in November and December. And this year, especially when, when people's hearts are touched by those scenes of these enormous food lines in, in other cities and, and, um, people were more aware of others not having the basics and not having the blessings that they have. And, uh, so it created a lot of opera. We had a lot of people coming saying, what can I do? Well, we had families that organized food drives in their communities. We had businesses that, uh, that left a basket out for customers to, to uh, bring food. We had churches that organized huge food drives. And uh, we did a number of community distributions in, in Rutherford County and elsewhere. Uh, we found that there was just an incredible outpouring of food and people who wanted to help give it away and so we were able to do a lot more projects we were able to feed thousands more families in rutherford county in november and december because of the fact that the, the, the public was more aware and maybe the the close proximity of being with your family and you're talking about greater values like like uh, selfless service maybe some of those conversations culminated in in taking your family to to volunteer and help feed some people so, so we we saw a wonderful spirit uh, through the holidays, more so than usual. And this is Rutherford County is a wonderful community. It's the most collaborative community in the nonprofit world that I've worked in, and uh, the the charities here work very well together. And uh, people are always generous with their time and their money when there's when there's a demonstrated need. And there's certainly been a de- demonstrated need for the last uh, year. Tom Henry, our guest from Feed America First, and uh, we're talking about not just the holiday season, but uh, Tom, it sounds like one of our goals maybe would be to capture that energy towards the end of the year and kind of bring that into the new year with folks you know, so willing to volunteer and so willing to donate. Have you guys had those conversations internally to say you know, this huge spike 
uh, we see towards the end of the year with volunteers and donations. How can we carry that into the new year and maybe you know make that um, maybe more of a level donation? Maybe January, February, March, people are still you know feeling those same things. Well, we're also seeing the um, the end of some of the unemployment benefits that ended at the begin- at the end of the year. So there's there's a heightened need now. There's mm-hmm. a greater need now than there was in October. Let's say. Uh, I think many families, like my family, are trying to think. What did we do that we thought was beyond us and rewarding that we could carry forward? What values do we have that maybe haven't been as expressed as well in previous years, but now we're back in touch with them? How can we carry them forward? We have a lot of discussions like that. My staff and I uh, have have spent a lot of time talking about how to capture that energy. And, and one of the primary points that I want to get across today is that if you want to have an impact on your community – we would love to help facilitate that. We have the opportunity in that we have a lot of food that we need to uh, process and be ready to give away. We have a lot of opportunities with local, with uh, uh, with hunger right here in Rutherford County. Uh, we serve a lot of other agencies that distribute food in Rutherford County. So if you want to have a, an impact on this county, your time, your dollars matter. Absolutely. I, I love that. And uh, we're up against the break. We're going to take a quick time out, check on that weather and traffic, and then I get to a couple listener questions when we come back. One of those, and I'll give you a second to kind of think about this. Folks, we're just asking, um, as Rutherford County grows, how how, have, how has your guys' job changed? We, you know, you mentioned helping out rural areas and, and folks who aren't in a big city. Murfreesboro has kind of become that big city. So uh, we want to talk about that when we come back, and uh, we'll get to any other questions we have time for. We've got about 10 minutes left, so if anybody wants to text or send in any questions, we will do our best to... To, uh, get those answered for you, and we'll be right back with Tom Henry from Feed America First. You're listening to News Radio WGNS. For the forecast area, we will have a chance for just some sprinkles. Sunshine today, upper 40s, and we'll have winds increasing, gusting as high as 30. I'm meteorologist Mandy Thaluber on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 35 degrees. Good morning, traffic. Still not too bad right now on 24 out of Coffee County in the Rutherford County, but we have seen some radar down sections of I-24 this morning just past 840. Be careful. Traffic on 24 continuing towards Nashville. Looks pretty good up through the construction. They are up by Hickory Hollow Parkway. Again, just be careful. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies will be hosting Sleep of the Sharks March 27. All the details at ripleysaquariumofthesmokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The Truman Show, weekday mornings at 9. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. We have a club steak, and the club steak can be cooked to any flavor that you want. It is the club steak. It's a seven-ounce piece of steak, and we named it that way because it looks like and it has the shape of a golf club. We have a low-calorie menu and a low-carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. If you could use a little more tranquility in your life, 
and let's be honest, after the last year we all could, then consider a home aquarium. Multiple studies have shown that aquariums reduce stress, elevate mood, and lower blood pressure. Here at Animal City, we have all the supplies and knowledge needed to create your own aquatic oasis. This is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. We are happy to put our 30 years of pet experience to work for you. 919 Northwest Broad Street. Welcome back in, and uh, right now, 8.27, time on the big clock on the wall as we uh, welcome back in Tom Henry from Feed America First. And uh, if you're just joining us, we've covered a little bit of ground so far, talking about what they do, um, how they help folks during the holidays, but also how can we kind of capture that energy that, that people have for volunteering and donating in the holiday season and bring that into the new year. And, uh, you know, mentioned some of the needs for food are even greater now than they were two months ago with unemployment benefits being cut for some and a lot of factors to think about. And, you know, I know people volunteering during the holidays is, is a great thing, but uh, maybe to, to look further down the line, how can how can we keep folks involved? And uh, you guys have a lot of opportunities, a lot of volunteer opportunities, whether it be two hours a day once a week or multiple hours a day, multiple days a week. It, you know, it sounds like uh, the formula there is great for folks who maybe just have a little bit of spare time here and mm-hmm. there. You said you can just kind of come in and, and work for a couple hours, and that food that you're working on is, is going to be feeding families that day, the next day, the next day. Uh, it's not going back on the shelves and collecting dust. I mean, this stuff's getting put right back into our community. Yeah, and, and let me give you an idea of scale because I think that's important. We are a middleman in that we take in large-scale donations from manufacturers and distributors, and we break those down and give them to small local agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have over 200 partners that we distribute food to, and, and they're the ones that have the encounters with the family. Here in Rutherford County, we have 30-something different uh, agencies that uh, that get food from us and, and distribute it. So so they're the, the, the point of the spear. They're the ones that are actually giving the boxes out, but we – we want to magnify their effectiveness by providing them more food. Mm-hmm. So we have a large warehouse we get in. Last year we gave away over 22 million pounds of food. I mean, we're talking about tractor trailers lined up forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was by far the biggest year we had at a time when the need was by far the greatest. So when we bring volunteers in, we're bringing them into a warehouse. And a, a typical volunteer experience would be taking a 50-pound bag of rice and portioning portioning it into two-pound bags, a two-pound bag being a good portion for a family. Mm. And so if you and your team, your family, your business associates, your crew came in to volunteer, then one of the things that you might be doing is standing around several tables, digging into these 50-pound bags of rice and portioning them into into two-pound bags so that we can give those out. Uh, now, the value of that is it's, it's, it's social, it's fun, you're with your friends, and uh, you're doing something, something that anybody could do from age six up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you have the, the knowledge that the work of your hands is going to be on somebody's table within the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be a relatively typical volunteer experience. We have a big warehouse. We spread people out so that we don't have so, – so that there's plenty of social distancing so that we can, we can make sure that people feel safe and comfortable working in that environment, even if it's 100 people. Uh, we, and we've had groups of, of more than that for a couple of our servant learns that I talked about, the quarterly events that we do. So we want to make sure that, that we're 
honoring our values and, and, and our faith in everything we do. And that includes how we treat volunteers and how we treat the food that we handle that, that we, need, we just need to be excellent at. We need to take pride in what we do, and, and we want to invite people to help us do that. And, of course, one of the big things, and uh, you know, pretty much anybody across the map, depending on what they're doing, can, can agree on this, uh, the social distancing, the you know, staying safe, um, wearing masks, all that, uh, very much in play with what you guys are doing. So if anybody out there is uh, looking to volunteer and do so, um, you know, something just important to kind of mention, uh, what are a couple of the things that you guys have had to maybe put into place since last year to deal with COVID and, and to make sure these volunteers and the food going out and everybody involved is, is in good hands? Well, Primarily, we had a, a limited volunteer space, and uh, so we would just for safety reasons to keep the volunteers away from the moving equipment, from the forklifts and electric pallet jacks and and materials handling equipment. When we do large scale volunteer events, we push all that equipment out so mm-hmm. that they're not crossing paths, and then we spread people out throughout the warehouse so that so that uh, they're not in danger from materials handling equipment, and they have plenty of room to do what they're doing without being without compromising on social distancing. Wonderful. One of the questions we were uh, teasing before we went into our break was a listener asking about how things have changed, say, 20 years from now, or 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and maybe how it'll look different 10 years from now uh, with the growth of Rutherford County, because, you know, you guys mentioned that, uh, you know, feeding rural areas and helping those folks kind of on the outskirts is, is such a main goal, but many of the outskirts of Murfreesboro are now the inskirts they're they're the part of the city they're uh, if that's even a word but uh you know they're they're everything's growing so much um how how has your guys's vision and mission changed or has it even changed to, well uh, it's it's adapted now back to what i was talking about our clients are these small church pantries mm-hmm. and business and and social service organizations uh there are na- every neighborhood every small community no matter how small and how rural has somebody in there helping their neighbors and our role is to find that person or that organization and by giving them more food hopefully amplifying their effectiveness so as when we first started here in murfreesboro we had about 15 partner agencies as murfreesboro has grown there's been more people who've seen the need to to serve different communities and there have been more agencies more churches that have been added that want to help the people in their in their immediate community, and we're, by immediate, we're talking about within a two or three mile radius of wherever they are. So, as Murfreesboro grows, as the whole Mid South grows, more and more little agencies pop up that that need our services. Mm-hmm. And so, where we were serving fifteen agencies that represented two thousand families in 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 two thousand one two thousand two, now we're serving thirty something agencies that could represent six or eight or ten thousand people mm. or families so uh, our model is designed to expand like that and if there's anybody out there a church or just a small organization who is is listening or maybe somebody can get this information to them how can they reach out to you guys i don't, I don't know the criteria and that for them to be involved but um, you know certainly that's something they could call you guys for and, and maybe Absolutely. set up how do they do that well our web address is feedamericafirst.com that's feedamericafirst.com mm-hmm. and the first is spelled out f i r s t uh, our phone number is 615-691-6234 uh, we're always looking for new agencies and uh, the way they would contact us to set up a volunteer event or to find open hours of volunteering or to sign up their agency and we're actively looking for more agencies so it's a it's a short process we're not we're not a 
a quasi-government entity in that we don't require a lot of paperwork. You know, mm-hmm. if you're dealing with USDA food, a lot of times there's a lot of documentation that goes there. But, but for us, it's a very short application process. You basically have to be a tax-exempt organization. Mm-hmm. And because we've made that commitment to all of our suppliers that we're only going to give the tax exempt organizations, that's how we keep our tax exemption, and uh, uh, that they have an active program. And uh, so there, there's, it's it's a two page application. Basically, you're agreeing not to to barter or resell the food. The food you're getting is to be given away. So so the main thing we want is to have people who want to feed their neighbors, and if they want to feed their neighbors, and they're in a um, an approved tax exempt organization, we want to give them food, and we've got food to give. If anybody's looking to donate food, um, is that something you guys take from individuals as long as it is non-perishable, things like that? Is that something you guys do, or do you have to deal kind of more in mass quantity as far as what you can take in? We do. We also help with food drives. If somebody wants to do a food drive, we'd be glad to give them bins to do that. We'd uh, we'd be glad to give them a short list of things that, that would be most impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'd like to collaborate on any of that. And we have a number of, a number of like I said, a number of families, a number of businesses that have done that over the holidays. And, and uh, that's one of those things we hope carries forward. All righty. Well, Tom Henry, our guest this morning from Feed America First, and I think a couple things to take away. A little bit goes a long ways. Even if you can donate a couple hours a week, uh, that goes a long ways in helping not just people, but people we live with and uh, share the community with. And uh, that that energy that folks have at the end of the year for donating, for uh, raising money, for food drives, and and volunteering and passing out that food, uh, just as important for the rest of the year. Absolutely. Hunger's an everyday deal, and we're at it every day. So if you want – and one thing I'd like to point out is that we have this huge community impact. We've been doing it 20 years here. We're, we're helping thousands of families in Rutherford County, but we're doing it very efficiently. For every dollar donated, only 2% of the revenue we bring in actually goes to overhead, and the other 98% of it, and that's our 20-year history, mm-hmm. goes to the project itself. So it's a very efficient way. If you have a few dollars to donate, you can make a big impact with it because every dollar is, is 12 to 15 meals. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, any final thoughts, Tom, before we let you go today? And uh, I'd just like to say thanks again for coming on. If you guys need anything, uh, we're here for you. Keep us in the loop. And anything we can do to help, we'd be happy to do so. Well, thank you, Nick. It's a, it's a privilege to be here. And uh, we love sharing our story because it's a, it's a story of how communities help each other. Absolutely. I love that and uh, love what you guys are doing. So keep up the great work and uh, tell anybody out there listening, if you guys want to be involved, uh, we'll have the information to contact these guys up online when we put up this interview. And uh, again, if you could throw that website out one more time, if anybody else needs to learn any more uh, right now. www.feedamericafirst.com. All righty. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you, Nick. We're going to take a look at that weather and traffic for you one more time, and uh, then we're going to kick off the second half of the action line. All that's coming up in just a few minutes. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Are the vaccines currently in use against SARS-CoV-2 associated with more side effects than other types of vaccines? Andrew Pekosh, a vaccine expert at Johns Hopkins, explains. 
If you compare it to the flu vaccine, it seems to be a little bit more, we use the technical term, reactogenic. What that means is you're a little bit more sore at the site of injection a few hours later or a day later. You can get a little bit of redness and tenderness in that area for a couple days. Some people have spiked a fever, but compared to the placebo group, those changes are significant, but not to an overly concerning level. So it's really just the symptoms that we often attribute to your immune system actually kicking in and doing its job. The most recent data from the Federal Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, or VIRS, does not find a large number of severe reactions among the 3 million or so people who have received the vaccines in the U.S. At Johns Hopkins, I'm Elizabeth Tracy. CEO Radio, I'm Ray Hoffman. To say it's a simple solution to our growing landfill and ocean pollution problems is to discount nearly 10 years of research. But the new breakthrough by the French firm Carbios, producing high-quality, clear plastic bottles from old clothes, essentially, recycled polyester fabrics, is based on a really elementary concept. Instead of making plastics by polymerization reaction, the enzymes we are using do exactly the contrary. So we break down the plastic into their initial building blocks. Martin Stefan is deputy CEO of Carbios. Yeah, the concept is relatively simple. Instead of using a chemical catalyst, a catalyst is an element which triggers a reaction, a chemical reaction. We have hundreds of different enzymes in our body to trigger different biological reactions, to turn bread into sugar, to turn sugar into fat, That's made by enzymes, and an enzyme is extremely specific. More about Carbios on the next CEO Radio. I'm Ray Hoffman. For the forecast area, we will have a chance for just some sprinkles. Sunshine today, upper 40s, and we'll have winds increasing, gusting as high as 30. I'm meteorologist Mandy Faluber on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 35 degrees. Good morning, traffic. Still not too bad right now on 24 out of Coffee County in the Rutherford County, but we have seen some radar down sections of I-24 this morning just past 840. Be careful. Traffic on 24 continuing towards Nashville. Looks pretty good up through the construction there up by Hickory Hollow Parkway. Again, just be careful. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies will be hosting Sleep of the Sharks March 27. All the details at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. A heart for healing. When life challenges become a torrential flood, there are local doctors, nurses, and medical technicians who help you maneuver the swift waters. Gordon Ferguson, President and CEO of St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital. Endodontist James Woods is our Heart for Healing recipient. A patient said that their ability to eat without issues was solved by Dr. Woods. They had damage to their wisdom tooth along with the adjacent molar. It took several procedures, but Dr. Woods was able to do a root canal and save the adjacent molar. Plus, he did it without pain. Murfreesboro endodontist Dr. James Woods is our Heart for Healing honoree and receives dinner for two at the fabulous Alley on Main Street Restaurant. Submit your Heart for Healing nomination to WGNS. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, 
but will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Cook sustainable with curry. This is Soundbites, and I'm Jan Ziff. We live in a world where no food is ever out of season, or at least they want you to think that. In reality, all those fresh ingredients you find at your local store all year round are shipped there from someplace else. And that costs energy. And that means a great big carbon footprint right in the middle of your table. But here's a cooking app that can help you cut that footprint down to size. It's called Curry. Spell it Curry. K-U-R-I for iPhone and iPad. Curry gives you low-carbon recipes using ingredients that are in season right now, wherever you live, and that adapt with the changing seasons. And every recipe shows its current carbon footprint, based on energy used in growing and transporting its ingredients. And that helps you make sustainable meals. Try out Curry at the App Store. With Soundbites, I'm Jan Ziff. For CBS News. Hey everyone, it's Jeff Gerstman from GiantBomb.com, and I'm here with the latest from the world of video games. While Baseline Minecraft has been getting some really awesome updates over the course of the last year, one branch of the franchise is shutting down this year, and that's the mobile game Minecraft Earth. It's not a huge surprise, as the game is largely based around going outside and walking around to make progress, something that doesn't exactly line up with this whole pandemic thing we've been going through. The game, which allowed you to use augmented reality features on your phone to build Minecraft structures that mapped to real-world locations, showed really well. It was a killer pitch and a really neat idea. But every time I tried it, Minecraft Earth just never seemed very good at getting players into the fun part. The game has removed all real money purchases and will go offline completely at the end of June. Meanwhile, Pokemon Go seems to have been doing quite well after making some fairly large changes to the structure of the game that make it a little easier to make progress without having to mask up and leave your house. For more news and reviews from the world of video games, find me at GiantBomb.com. We prick in with traffic, news, and weather bulletins anytime. Good Neighbor Talk is your 24-7 connection. WTNS, AM, FM, and online. You may think money problems are just impossible to fix. Get sound advice with Dave Ramsey, one to four weekdays, followed by certified financial planner Jason Qualls at four. WGNS. Our family at Demas's Restaurant are proud to support local emergency responders who put their lives on the line for our community each and every day. This is Peter Demas, and here is this week's Demas's Emergency Responder of the Week. A listener told WGNS that Rutherford County Sheriff's Lieutenant Derek Oser helped when a family crisis erupted. His calm and professional demeanor saved her older brother's life. Lieutenant Oser commands the Sheriff's Crisis Negotiation Team and also shares his knowledge and experience as a crisis intervention instructor. Lieutenant Derek Oser is beginning his 20th year of service to our community. Thank you, Lieutenant Oser. When you see a firefighter, police officer, paramedic, or telecommunicator going the extra mile, let WGNS know, and we at Demas's Restaurant will salute them as the Emergency Responder of the Week.
Welcome back into News Radio WGNS. Right now, eight forty-six the time, and as uh, we've been keeping an eye on that weather, looks like today's going to be pretty decent. Temperatures up into the mid forties for us, and uh, as it stands right now, plenty of sunshine, which is good news. Things looking pretty good out on the roadways for you as well. Uh, don't forget, we'll keep you going on weather and traffic weekday mornings, and uh, that's going to be through your entire morning commute. So you can always count on us to keep you updated on the road, weather, local sports, local news, things like that, uh, the things you need to get you through the day to keep you going. All righty, we're going to welcome in our second guest now this morning, and uh, we uh, started things off, of course, talking about with Feed America First and uh, learning about some volunteer opportunities and uh, some great ways to kind of give back to your community, be a part of a winning recipe, and uh, volunteering is certainly one of the great ways to do that. We want to thank again Tom Henry from Feed America First for joining us and getting us started. Our second guest now is Liz Kucher from The Journey Home, and we welcome her on now. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Nick. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning and uh, wanted to just kind of pick your brain a little bit about Journey Home and uh, let our listeners learn a little more about what you guys do. And, uh, you know, as we're talking about giving back to the community, how can uh, how can folks help you guys and and uh, helping the community? Well, you know, the Journey Home, we have a lot of volunteer opportunities and we are uh, volunteer driven. We actually uh, work with about 1,500 volunteers annually. Wow, and that, is that uh, mainly local for Rutherford County or uh, folks maybe here in Murfreesboro? How far does that web kind of spread? We serve Rutherford County and work with volunteers throughout Rutherford County. Um, the Journey Home was founded in 2006 to serve the homeless and disadvantaged of Rutherford County. And uh, we do that by meeting people's day-to-day basic needs and working with them to rehouse them. And through that process, you know, people begin to live their best lives. So uh, that's, that's what we try to do. We do that through our outreach center, which is located in Murfreesboro. And uh, we serve meals seven days a week. We also have showers, uh, laundry services. We provide case management. Um, we have closed closets, mailbox services, internet and computer access at the outreach center along with the community cafe. And we also opened, in 2020, we opened a wellness clinic. I don't know that your uh, audience knows much about that. We've had it open for a couple of months, and we provide wellness and preventive care, chronic care checkups, health education, screenings, first aid, and we also do referrals. As you know, a lot of our homeless population do not have any kind of regular wellness access. And, um, you know, a lot of times uh, medical bills are one of the things that causes people to become homeless. So uh, for that reason, our population shies away from going to the doctor, getting tests. So a wellness clinic is much needed to make sure that, they're doing okay and to check in on them absolutely love it we're talking 
uh, with Journey Home this morning. Liv Kuchar, our guest. And uh, one of the things that well, you mentioned was computer access and hygiene, things like that. And that's something that I think a lot of folks take for granted, especially now everybody's got a computer in their pocket. I mean, they, you can you know find a lot of that information on your cell phone and that. But people who do not, that does kind of put them behind the eight ball as far as finding jobs. Uh, so many of these jobs and, and opportunities out there are apply online or more information go here online. Um, and is that something that, that you guys have had since you started back in 2006? Is that something that maybe evolved as the workforce and the way you apply for jobs evolved? I know computers uh, maybe before were more of a luxury. Now they're a tool. Everybody kind of needs to get on the computer um, at, at some point for, for most things. That's, that's exactly right. And certainly it's evolved. Um, one thing that um, is really important to job search and I don't know that people really think about this either, is, you know, when you apply for a job, one of the questions on the application is what's your address. And if you're homeless, you don't have an address. So we also provide those mailbox services, allowing them to, first of all, be able to have some kind of home base where they can receive mail, but also, you know, when they're doing their business, uh, you know, the stimulus checks that just came out, they wouldn't even have anywhere for those to be mailed if they were not, uh, if they didn't have mailbox services. And, you know, a lot of people who are homeless do not have that. They're living in their cars and other things like that. And so uh, that's a really important service to them. So what is the best way for our listeners and for folks in and around Rutherford County uh, who would like to be a part of Journey Home, they'd like to give back and, and donate and just, just be a part of a winning team as far as what you guys do, what are the best ways for people to find out about those volunteer opportunities and, and ways to help? Well, what we do with volunteers, you know, volunteers have got specific needs. They have uh, availability during different times of the day, and uh, so we like to speak with them and find out what their skill set is and match it to some of the skill sets that we need. Um, Some of our volunteer opportunities include the community cafe, um, cooking, preparing meals, and serving those. We're open seven days a week, and so that's a big job, and we need a lot of volunteers to do that. Our uh, community cafe hosts groups between five and ten people, for those meals, we serve breakfast and lunch throughout the week. And then on the weekends, we serve a Saturday night meal and a Sunday night meal. Um, we also have our clothes closet, and we're actually short-staffed right now and do not have a staff member to help sort those clothes and um, get them organized to provide to people. And the Clothes closet is completely free to our clients, so there's no charge for clothes. Um, And then we also have some other volunteer opportunities, just depending on what their skill set is. One one of the other things that we need right now is office help. And, you know, if someone out there knows uh, Microsoft Office Suite, that would be a great way to help the journey home, even if they have you know, four hours a week that they can come in and help. We would love to have them. And you make a great point. Our uh, first guest this morning, Tom Henry, mentioned just a few hours a week goes such a long ways. 
Um, it doesn't need to be three or four people working 50 hours a week. It could be 100 people each working two or three hours a week, and it just makes such an impact. And, and individually, he says, you know, I don't think people understand how much that two or three hours on a Wednesday or on a Friday or, you know, whatever the day can help. But, you know, it sounds like you're saying the same thing. Uh, a lot of people giving a few hours a week or, or whatever they can do, uh, it really does make a huge, huge difference. That's exactly right. Um, it does make a difference. And, um, you know, the Journey Home is volunteer-driven. We've always relied on a lot of volunteers, and they are certainly the heart of our organization. Um, you know, one other thing I wanted to tell your listeners about is the Journey Home, our real business, besides providing basic needs and working to engage the homeless community, our overall focus is on rehousing people and we have 27 properties that allow us to provide a uh, an affordable rent for families and uh, that is so important especially these days with everything going up so much a lot of people find that their income just does not provide for their basic needs and housing and so that's the one thing we really want to do is make sure people are have the housing and um, can you know have a safe place to live i mean how how can you work and and do everything you need to do if you don't have a home to live in well, you're absolutely right. That goes back to uh, some of the things hygiene, computer use that people take for granted. They say, you know, anybody could go out there and get a job, but um, there there are certain things that that people have, and some people don't have like that, like a, like a place to go home, a place to mail a check to, or uh, to mail information to, and that you know that's something we take for granted. But if you don't have it, you're you're really uh, really kind of behind the eight ball there. So. Uh, absolutely love what you guys do, and I uh, really thank you again for chatting with us a few minutes this morning. If uh, somebody's looking to reach out to volunteer, or perhaps they know somebody, or maybe it's them, that, that could use a little assistance, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? And if you could give us a, a website as well. Sure, sure. Our phone number to reach me, they can call 615-624-4347, or they can email me at L-C-O-U-S, as in Sam, E-R, at org, And that is our website address as well, is org. All righty. Well, Liz, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us this morning and uh, telling us a little bit about Journey Home. I'm sure we'll chat with you again soon. We would love to uh, stay in the loop. And if you guys need anything, uh, you let us know, and we are here to help. Absolutely, and thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. You have a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch up with you guys later. Okay, thank you. All right, you got to love that as we wrap up the hour here, folks. A lot to be proud of here in our community, and uh, well, those are just a few examples. Thank you, uh, Tom Henry from Feed America First and Liz Kucher from Journey Home. Uh, a couple of really great folks and some, some great... Uh, opportunities for giving back to the community for those who are looking to do so. That's something we talk about here a lot, but uh, giving back and, and helping those we share our community with is uh, it's a great feeling and a great thing to get involved in if you can. 
uh, final final takeaway is just a few hours a week can make a huge, huge, huge difference. All right, we're going to take a look at Good Neighbor events, and uh, we got top of the hour news coming up for you as well. Truman Show next hour. Keep it right here. Let's check those WGNS Good Neighbor events. The Rutherford County Library System is thanking all of those who are helping with this pandemic. And no fines for overdue materials. Due to this pandemic, the Red Cross is critically low on blood. The Murfreesboro Red Cross is at 501 Memorial Boulevard. Phone 1-800-GIVE-LIFE and select a time that fits your schedule. If you've been wanting to take that five-week Garden Basics class, this could be your year. The Garden Basics class begins the first Thursday night in March. And due to the coronavirus, they're doing it online this year. Everybody in your family or a group of friends can get together and take the class watching one computer for only one $50 fee. Don't throw away old glory. Bring your tattered American flag to WGNS and let the scouts from DSA Troop 2019 at Trinity United Methodist Church retire it with dignity. WGNS is at 306 South Church Street. We also recycle Bibles. For the forecast area, we will have a chance for just some sprinkles. Sunshine today, upper 40s, and we'll have winds increasing, gusting as high as 30. A meteorologist, Mandy Thaluber, on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 35 degrees. The GNS and our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. Now, more than ever, count on WGNS. News Radio, WGNS, Murfreesboro, the voice of Rutherford County, and the flagship station for Blue 